0: Listener Supported, WNYC Studios.
1: Listener Supported, WNYC Studios. This is just a warning before the show starts that this week's episode is about sexual assault. It's not graphic or gratuitous, but if you're sensitive to discussions of a topic, this is one you might want to skip. You...
2: Normally start on the coast by the ocean. All you have are the clothes on your back, a battery, and a flashlight.
1: This is Kim Correa talking about Daisy, an online zombie apocalypse game. She's logged over 350 hours in it.
2: On the surface, it seems like it's supposed to be a zombie survival game. And it is, but the zombies pose such a limited threat right now that it's more of a human interaction type of Sandbox.
1: The reason the zombies aren't much of a threat is that they're not coordinated and they're controlled by the computer. They're pretty dumb, but the humans you meet are controlled by real people. Because they're real, you never know how they'll act.
2: So you could have a player that you meet suddenly, and if you don't kill each other first, then you could just hang out and talk. Does that happen? Yeah, definitely. And that's that's more of what I like. I like to just you know go into a big city and start scening or just. Talking really loudly to see if I can draw other people out.
1: You said singing? Yes. <laughs> so what? I mean, is it like there's a sing button?
2: Okay, so you press a key and you can talk in game. Other players have to be close to you to hear you. I've seen that uh, Lionel Richie song a lot, the Hello, <laughs> Is It Me You're Looking For song. <laughs> Why? Because it seems friendly, and it seems, you know, it's a question that I would like answered.
1: The other thing about Daisy is that while there are definitely people who play it like Kim plays it, as a way to have goofy fun with strangers during a fake apocalypse, the game actually seems designed to encourage cruelty, at least between the human players. For instance, it's the only multiplayer game I've ever heard of that includes force feeding as an option.
2: So you can force feed people rotten fruit. You can force feed people anything. You can also force feed people clean solution, which will start making them die.
1: In any other game, if you found yourself handcuffed to a wall being force-fed bleach, you could just quit and start a new game. But in Daisy, you can only start over if you die.
2: I did actually see a video recently where somebody handcuffed somebody in a house and just force-fed them and kept them alive for that captive player they can't do anything. They can try to break it out of their handcuffs. But if they can't, they're stuck there until the character dies.
1: Kim loves how possible everything in Daisy feels. It's really realistic. But also, she says that because the game's a game where anything's possible, she knew from when she started playing that it was only a matter of time before someone in the game raped her.
2: I know humanity and I know the types of interactions I have in other games where people say, oh, I'm going to rape you. In this, it just seemed inevitable that at some point I was going to get that, and I did not know how I was going to feel when it happened. How did it happen? I had just gotten killed somewhere else. So I respawned, and I started you know, running in a direction where I knew there would be supplies, and these two characters came up. And so they told me to take off my pants, which in Daisy is kind of a— it's kind of a joke. <laughs> How come? Especially for the female models, the underwear you wear is pretty silly. It's just blue underwear with, like, white stripes or white stars. And so I actually do that myself when I'm a new spawn because when you're not wearing pants, you're not hiding anything. Like, I don't have a gun or a knife in my clothes because I'm not wearing any clothes. So they told me to do that. and I was like, okay, whatever. I've done this before. I saw that they had guns, so I didn't want to do anything where they would kill me again or where i would you know end up dead again so i told me to get on my knees and i got on my knees you know i still wasn't expecting anything to happen at that point It was like okay they're just gonna check me out and they're either gonna shoot me in the head or they were going to let me go one of them started saying things like oh this is <laughs> it's the end of the world zombie apocalypse i haven't gotten any you know talking about sex in forever and i started saying things like you know You're a sick puppy. I'm leaving. Um, And I started to try to get up and run away. And he started shooting me and saying things like, Lucky for me, I'm into necrophilia. And then I died. When you die in Daisy, all you see is a blank screen. It just says you are dead. Um, But you can still hear what people are saying to you. And so, you know, I could hear him starting to make moaning and groaning noises just you know basically sex noises and then I logged out I didn't feel good about it and I didn't know if not feeling good about it was a valid reaction I definitely don't want to say what happened to me verbally is as important as if it had happened in real life but it feels like it means something and I'm not sure what it means
1: the questions kim's grappling with how to feel about something that's virtual but maybe not fake or fake but maybe not inconsequential these questions have been around a while kim told me about an article from 1993 that described an early instance of a rape that occurred in an online world i called the guy who wrote it a writer named julian dibble julian said that in the early 90s he was spending a lot of time in an online world called lambda moo
0: It was kind of an early version of Second Life in that it was more of a sandbox type of virtual world.
1: Lambda Moo, which actually still exists, is strictly text-based. You make a character, you hang out with other people. Daisy without the zombies. Sort of a hangout simulator. If you want, you can build things. And at the time Julian was playing, people were really into building these devices that could be used to sort of ventriloquize each other.
0: Uh, Bonkers, they were called. You would take the thing and... Bonk somebody with it, and it would make it appear that your friend was saying something silly or farting or fainting. You know, it would it would sort of kind of take over their character in a sense.
1: Somebody made an advanced form of bonker called a voodoo doll. Now you could make people do things. Maybe you can see where this is going. One night, a character named Mr. Bungle enters the living room, Lambda Moo's central hangout space. For most of the evening, he uses the voodoo doll on the women in the room
0: cause various players to do unspeakable sexual acts to themselves and to others. So it would say, Crystal Singer, say it was the name of a character, Crystal Singer is stabbing herself in the private parts with a steak knife. Uh, just kind of horrible things.
1: In the aftermath, the one thing everybody in Lambda Moo agreed on was that they didn't want rape to be a part of their virtual world. But they had to figure out how to solve that problem.
0: Then there was a, a live meeting held, kind of a constitutional convention almost, to talk about you know, what kind of, of governance do we implement here.
1: The talks went on for a long time. But in the end, the solution they came to was pretty simple. Mr. Bungle got the virtual death penalty. In the language of the game, he was toted.
0: That was the term of art in that space for banning the character, like basically deleting its account.
1: One of the differences between the virtual world and the real world is that there are living gods in a virtual world. If you decide that you want a world without rape, you can basically just say, we'll remove that capability.
0: Yeah, well, I think that is a lot of game designers in particular like to see it that way. So you see this in some you know, games that they try to do for kids where the chat is limited to you know a pull-down menu of possible things you're allowed to say to each other. But if you're trying to make a, a space for online interaction, you cannot really entirely program the less pleasant kinds of interactions out of the system.
1: Not only that, we're much better at imagining new ways to be monsters than we are at imagining new ways to govern. Moon would tried to build a democracy after Mr. Bungle.
0: A petition system where players could put forward proposals for things they wanted to change about the underlying software, or things they wanted to happen to particular players. In this post-Bungle world, you could start a petition to have, uh, you know, a virtual rapist kicked out. But you know, there's a basic problem in political science and political theory. You know, you have the statute, but what does it really mean in application?
1: Like in the real world, the laws didn't magically fix everything. It's frustrating. All the fake worlds we dream up still have the monsters from the one we live in. But that doesn't stop us from going back to them, hoping people will surprise us in ways that aren't all bad. Kim still plays Daisy. Yeah, she says that that interaction was terrible, but it was one interaction among hundreds, and those others were strange and funny and surprising. The main thing she took away is to be more suspicious. She always knew there were monsters out there. All she can do is hope that she doesn't run into them again. TLDR was produced this week by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. Our executive producer is Kat Rogers. Our engineer is Jen Munson. And our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Production assistance this week from Cameron Lindsay, and special thanks to Star Lee Kine. If you haven't, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. It helps us a lot. You can follow us on Twitter, at PJVote, at agoldmund, at TLDR. Also, uh, you can check out our blog, tldr.onthemedia.org, where we post news stories twice a day. We are TLDR.